Today in the podcast, I'm going to be talking about an interesting one, to say the least. A very exciting film, a film that only came out last year, and since then it's had controversy to say the least. It's been hated and scrutinised by many people all over the media, Uh, it's a film for incels, it's going to inspire mass shootings and terrorism. Yet it won the big prize in Venice, received the most money for a 15 rated movie, won two Oscars and is seen by many as the biggest film of 2019. So put on a happy face because for the next hour I'm going to be talking about Joker. Welcome to the opening night podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to the opening night podcast, welcome to the very first episode of the opening night podcast, very excited uh, to be here, and um, just before we get into the episode, I know we've got a a very, very interesting episode for uh, the first time round, I'm going to just explain a little bit about uh, why exactly I'm doing this podcast, because um, obviously I don't think anyone is probably going to be watching this time round who knows, maybe no one's going to be watching this, or, um, I don't know, maybe it blows up, who knows, but, um, the reason I'm starting this podcast is, um, mainly for myself, um, this time round, not for fame or anything like that, um, obviously the coronavirus is still here, still very active in the UK and pretty much all across the world, and as much as restrictions might be starting to ease now, it's, mid-May as I'm currently speaking it is the 12th of May and um, restrictions might be starting to ease but it's still going to be a part of our lives for a very very long time and so um, mainly I'm just starting this podcast just uh, as to start something to put my name on something to create something create something for myself put my time into Um, it can be very um, can be very difficult in lockdown and um, it's always good to start something and take the time and the opportunity, I I believe, to um to start something new, and that's basically why. And you should never start anything for the fame or the idea of money. I mean, you could start anything. It's anything really. A YouTube channel, a a podcast I'm doing, write a book. But you should never go into it expecting fame. It should always be for uh yourself and just for the enjoyment of it really and one thing I love doing is talking about films and that's what I want to do on this podcast. I really like talking about films, talking about what goes into them and just learning as much as I can about the films that I love and sometimes even the films I absolutely hate and scrutinise. It's definitely not one that I'm talking about today but but yeah so that's why I'm here. Um, But anyway let's get straight into the um the film so joker a big film to start off with um imdb says in gotham city mentally troubled comedian arthur fleck is disregarded and mistreated by society he then embarks on a downward spiral of revolution and bloody crime this path brings him face to face with his alter ego the joker so very very dark and dreary um introduction and bio to this film 
Um, and it was interesting. One of the biggest films that came out in 2019, who, I mean, really not that hard to predict in a way. It was released on the 4th of October 2019. Uh, we got our first trailer in 3rd of April, and then we got a second one, a proper trailer. The first one was a teaser trailer. We got the second one four months later, and it was amazing. The The hype surrounding the film was unreal. Unlike anything I've seen for a few years, everyone, whether they were a comic book fan, just a pure movie fan, or maybe even they didn't go to the cinema um, normally to watch a film, everyone wanted to go and see this film. We had never seen a Joker origin before. Normally the Joker was just some guy who came in he was deranged he was insane and he came in to cause trouble but never before have we actually seen what has turned this person into who he is who made him or drove him to commit so much crime and such brutal murders and homicide in a way um we haven't really seen that um the last joker obviously jared leto it wasn't the best interpretation of the Joker. It was that was much more criticised, but very much for the wrong uh, reasons compared to this film. And then obviously before that, Heath Ledger. Um, I'm talking about the big screen, by the way. I'm not sure about any of the um, animated series. I know that it was a Batman animated animated series, but before that, it was the Dark Knight series by Christopher Nolan. And what a Joker that was! It just that was the turning point, I think, for. Uh, the Batman story, if you like. Before, it had been very uh, joking around, and there there was hardly an element of seriousness to it, as there is now. And one of the main reasons for that is Heath Ledger. He was incredible in the role. Um, no one else could have done such a thing as he did, and it's such a shame that what happened to him afterwards, um, obviously... Um, he very much deserved that Oscar, but unfortunately he ended up committing suicide. There's um, there's rumours that the role of the Joker led him to that. I'm not going to get into that today, though, but it just shows how much hype there was for this film. Obviously, not just for seeing the origin of the Joker and seeing an origin story, but um, just, just something new for the Batman series. Obviously, there was... Um, DC haven't been very consistent as marvel marvel has, has definitely taken um the the crown in in a kind of comic book role rivalry if you like um but they've definitely been the better ones in terms of making money and um the amount of people watching it endgame turned into the biggest film at the box office ever which um it really isn't much of a surprise because um the amount of films they make and how consistently good their films are um and so i was happy to see this come out because i thought finally this was a chance that dc are going to get back one up against marvel because i love dc dc's amazing some of the characters they produce the dark knight trilogy is what some of my favorite films ever um and sure that might be because of my bias towards christopher nolan but um but still i love the the dark knight characters and it has been better over um, the the kind of past couple of years. We've had great films like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Batman v Superman we're not going to talk about. But um, yeah, we, 
it's it's got better and everyone and their mum wanted to see this film and it's that's mainly why um why why we went to see it why it became the biggest film of a 15 rated film ever but um anyway so yeah one of the biggest films and everyone was hyped to see this the trailers were amazing um really um the trailers didn't reveal too much which i like i don't like them revealing too much um I like much of the stuff to be um, known in the film, so it can, you know, obviously shock us and create a good film. So, and it didn't reveal too much, but it just revealed enough to think that maybe it could, I dare say, challenge Heath Ledger. And at the end of the day, it is at that level, and we'll get into that in more detail later on when I do the actual review. But it's good that I can sit here and say that it's on a level with Heath Ledger I mean who who knew after the Dark Knight film many people thought we wouldn't be able to even challenge that Joker because it was incredible the work that Heath Ledger put into that role and the Joker that we got out of it for the Dark Knight it created one of the best he stole the show from Batman and with less screen time and to still steal the entire movie from Batman obviously Christian Bell was amazing but um but really, it was amazing. So the fact that we could challenge and even comprehend to being on a level even near Heath Ledger was amazing. And um, so, yeah, that's why that's why there was so much hype for this film. And I'm so glad it did work out. Again, we'll talk about that later on in my main review. But without further ado, let's have a look at the cast. Okay, so I'm just looking at my notes here, and actually before we get on to the main cast of Joker, I actually want to take a moment to talk about Todd Phillips, who is he's the director, and I think this is probably one of the reasons why actually people were most interested to see this film, or one of the reasons why people were interested to see this film, is because Todd Phillips, he's directed The Hangover, Old School, Due Date, very good films, but um, they're... I was going to say they're light-hearted films. They're definitely not light-hearted films. But they're, they're comedy. At the end of the day, they are a comedy. And now he comes out suddenly and releases Joker, probably one of the darkest films of the year. Um, and so, yeah, we'll get into more of a reason why that is later in the podcast. But um, I just want to say I think that's really good for Todd Phillips and the people that he works with. I don't think a director should have to stick with one genre of movies and just continue doing that it's good to change up find what your strengths and weaknesses he's definitely um got a strength for this type of filmmaking um and it's an undoubted success this film so he can be pleased with what he's um done especially as it i don't think he's ever really done a film like this before um obviously i talk about christopher Nolan. if i haven't mentioned him enough already he's my favorite director and he switches up his films. He's got his reputation for being a good director. And, you know, we saw him make Inception and the Dark Knight trilogy. And then all of a sudden, he comes out in 2014 and releases a sci-fi movie, Interstellar. And then next time he released a war film. And, you know, it's it's good for a director to change it up a bit. And I'm glad that Todd Phillips has... 
he's got that reputation for making good movies and now I'm glad that he's figured out one of his strengths and done more um to see what he's he's good at and that's that's good for director but anyway let's get on to the cast um obviously Joaquin Phoenix <clears throat> excuse me if I haven't said so already um and trust me I'm going to be saying it a lot more in this podcast he's amazing um definitely a very good choice from the uh from from the director and the cast or whoever chooses that um we have also seen him in Her, Walk the Line, Gladiator, and he's definitely built up a reputation for um, for being able to act some difficult roles and do so really, really well and skillfully. And so um, I'm glad they picked him for this film. Obviously, again, I'll talk about him more and what he does well in the film. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, Robert De Niro is an interesting one. Uh, he plays Murray Flank- Franklin. Um, as the TV show host that, uh, spoiler alert, Joker actually murders at the end of the film. Um, and this is an interesting one because we've seen him in Raging Bull, The Irishman. Uh, but most importantly, we've seen him in Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. Um, and both Martin Scorsese films. And it has been widely known that these have been very strong uh, influence, influences for the film. I mean, Taxi Driver is um, about a man who goes off on an insane dark route like Arthur Fleck would. And so, yeah, I'm I'm thinking there's some kind of connection there. Maybe not. Maybe they just picked him for the role. It may just be a coincidence that that happened. Or maybe they brought him in because they wanted him to maybe put some ideas into the script and into the writing of the film about what they did well on Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, um, whether that was directly through him or they just viewed the films and got the inspiration from there. But I'm not sure. But definitely Robert De Niro, he's he's very good. Doesn't have a lot of lines in the film. He just kind of... I mean, this film is very centrally focused on Arthur Fleck and Joker. It's It's very much a character study, this film. So kind of all the other characters, they they put on good performances, but it's nothing special. He's de- definitely Arthur Fleck, Joaquin Phoenix. He's definitely put in that limelight, and um, he's definitely the most interesting one to talk about. But Robert De Niro, he's he's a very good actor. He did his job, and um, you could you can see what he does in the film. And I'll talk about it a bit later on in my actual review, which we are about to get onto. But um, yeah, yeah, he's. Um, he does his job well, and he definitely causes Arthur Fleck to go down on that spiral, um, as I'll talk about a bit later on. But anyway, Zazie Beetz, uh, she plays Sophie Dummond, Joker's apparent uh, wife or um, partner, which we obviously find out is not true later on in the film. We've seen her in Deadpool, um, and then other other actors, Francis Conroy, who plays Penny Fleck, and Brett Cullen, who plays Thomas Wayne. So, that's that's over with the main cast. Like I said, there aren't many um, starring actors. It's not a very big main cast. Um, as I said, it's very centrally focused on Joker. Uh, well, so, um, if I get up IMDb... I, uh, IMDb. So it is 
it's um it's a very divided film again we've seen this before between the audience and the critics so 88% on rotten tomatoes and 68% sorry 88% audience score and then 68% tomato meter which is basically the critics and we've seen it on um IMDb as well 8.5 out of 10 from the uh reviews from 800,000 reviews and then only 59 out of 100 for Metascore, which is from 60 different critics, and it's definitely, um, it's definitely critics, um, that definitely recognise the how amazing the film is, and they've given it quite a high rating. We've got IGN, Total Film, The Empire, all giving it 100 out of a hundred um but then you got some ones like uh roger elbert.com and the rap 5055 i'll read out roger elbert.com it says um a social commentary joker is pernicious garbage but besides the wacky pleasures of phoenix's performance it also displays some major m- movie study core competencies in a not dissimilar way to what A Star Is Born presented last year. So, there's clearly some kind of anger around this film, and um, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people about what they think of the film. They may have said it's too dark for a comic book film, it's, um, it hasn't got a, a lot of story to it, and that's... Um, I, I can kind of understand that, but... Um, but there's there's obviously a massive divide critics and audience so anyway i'm going to get into my review so first off i've got to talk as i said about Joaquin Phoenix as i said he's incredible throughout the whole film definitely deserves uh the oscar for the for best male actor um and this film does a really good job at actually creating sympathy for Arthur Fleck and and um, Joaquin Phoenix really puts into that and helps for that the acting. I'm going to mention as well the um, the comedy scene where he's doing the comedy and he's going for it and then he starts laughing um, and it just it just made me feel so grim and awful, but also creates so much sympathy for him, which is amazing. And it's also shown in lots of other kind of smaller aspects. So the suicidal thoughts in his joke book. I hope my death makes more sense than my life. The smoking, the medication. It just shows this kind of broken aspect of a character. And it's really intriguing. And we would just feel sympathy for him. But what also he does, um, Joaquin Phoenix really well, is he shows this darkness that is kind of trying to get out of him but the social and kind of um the social acceptance of um and social expectations is kind of keeping that down but and eventually we find out that that will kind of burst out if you like at the near the end of the film but you can see it happening and he just kind of when he gets angry at certain things or just just things like that it's it's amazing and the film really does a good job at this as well. From right the opening scene, we see how broken this character is and how 
and why we should sympathise for him when his sign gets stolen. That's incredible, just how... It makes him feel quite innocent, but that is balanced out with the darkness that is kind of... You can see in his eyes that's just kind of trying to get out, which eventually leads him to meet with his, as it says, the alter ego, the Joker. So it really does uh, do that good thing. Some say that... Um, now, it's it's very apparent that a lot of people find this film, or a bad aspect about this film, is that Joaquin Phoenix kind of steals the show, and people have led on to that, in to say that he carries the film, in a sense that the script isn't that good, but he only makes it, it's him as an actor that makes it meaningful, and puts life into that script, and put life into this film, I can understand that. I really can understand that. Um, some of the script aspects aren't great. I mean, it's not terrible, but there are definitely aspects where I thought they could have put a lot more meaning into it. But it's Joaquin Phoenix's act and his performance which really puts life into the words that we hear on the screen and really makes them personal to the character of Arthur Fleck and how well Joaquin Phoenix knows this character of Arthur. That's what really makes the script and things like that amazing, but it could have definitely got had something more into it. I'll give it that. Um, and it's kind of... And I do think that if any other actor played this role, um, it wouldn't have had the same effect as it did to us in the cinema. Really, Joaquin Phoenix, he was a key part in that, in um, how well the film was received. And that's really good. Um... But yeah, some say it's a bad thing. I don't think it's too much of a bad thing, but there are definitely some aspects of the script that could have got better or some areas which they could have added. I, I was expecting something really powerful and it just didn't quite get there. It was, um, But Joaquin Phoenix definitely kind of helps with that. But anyway, um, I like the links to the actual Joker character from the comics, so they made sure to show some of his intelligence and his ability to think on his feet, if you like. Um, there was definitely... You could definitely see this Joker go on to inspire other Jokers that we have actually seen in films. So, the the second subway scene, when he decides to put on the mask to kind of camouflage himself, if you like, from the cops, and um, the scene where he takes down Randall, like, for him, this kind of smaller really um what's the word um frail body of arthur fleck taking down this massive guy randall and he does it in about five seconds and you can see how clever and intelligent as well as dangerous this person is and it's something we've seen in well-played jokers heath ledger for example, he wasn't just some crazy guy. He was he was smart in the way that he did things. When he went into the mob building, he had those grenades in the jacket. And it may seem at first insane, but actually it's quite a tactical move so that they don't kill him or they don't take advantage of him. And that's what we've seen in the Joker. He is clever and intelligent, and that is probably as much as what makes him dangerous, which is great. Um, Robert De Niro, I said we'd talk about him a lot more, and he's actually a really key aspect of what 
sends Joker into this madness, if you like. Um, he's the closest thing that Arthur has to a father figure. You see right at the start of the film that he imagines going onto the show and Murray speaking to him saying, you know, if he'd give it all up to have a son like him, he sees him as someone to look up to. He's never had that person as a father. He's always been stuck with his mother and she adopted him, as we know, from a very young age. But um, he never had that father figure to look up to and kind of go to for problems. And so he kind of sees himself in that. And that's why we see when he looks into the TV when Murray basically kind of, if you like, abandons him when he makes fun of him on TV. You can see how much it hurts him and how, how much it builds up anger within him. And it's definitely great to see that. It's definitely one of the things that they added in to show how he got let down in a way um, and that's really good and that's not so much I'm gonna say it's not so much that that aspect is not so much De Niro um, but it's great that they put that into his character but um, Robert De Niro definitely did well in um, in playing that character and showing the kind of the kind of balance if you like because you couldn't have him too evil if you like but you couldn't have him too nice and innocent you had to have that balance because this film is all about perspectives it's all about how people could see it from different from different people if you like i know that kind of sounds the same but because from joaquin phoenix's or sorry arthur flex perspective robert de niro is this awful person but when you see him from an outsider or just on the tv he seems like this really genuine guy and it's all about the perspectives of how they see people and how different people see him and what they've done to that person or what how it's affected them. And that's what I really like about Robert's character and I think they did a really good job about that. Um, I want to talk about Thomas Wayne, Brett Cullen. Um, again, he played him really well. The actual character of Thomas Wayne um, was really good because... They actually strayed away from this kind of really genuine and good guy, if you like. We know in Batman Begins, he was seen as this very, just a good all-round guy who wanted to see and help people in Gotham and bring down the corruption. Um, before he got murdered, he was a very happy person. and But in this film, he actually was able to see maybe some of the corruption inside of him and some of the anger and selfishness within him and I really like that view again it's perspectives from a tv perspective to the rich people he may seem like a an amazing person who would definitely want to become you'd want to become mayor because he's all about helping the poor people but actually from a poor person's perspective like Arthur he is a really bad guy well not bad but um selfish person who doesn't really understand what it's like to be at that lower level and that's a big that's a big factor in this film is um is power and status if you like um and it's all about the the lower class rising up against the rich and and it was really good i w i must admit it felt a little odd with this time with this uh, sorry plot point about the um, about 
Arthur maybe being a half-brother of Bruce Wayne. It felt a little odd at first, and it felt a bit weird that it was... Um, that they were going down that route. I was thinking, uh, where is this going to go? But, of course, at the end, um, it's all wrapped up, and that's one of the major things, again, that um, sends Arthur into madness, is that he got... he was actually adopted by his mother, and they abused him and probably had something to do with his mental condition but there was a little moment in this uh, kind of middle of the film where I was thinking yeah where are they going with this and I get why they did it um, but at the same time it feels kind of weird and it felt felt a little bit odd that maybe you could take that as a kind of complaint with the film but at the end of the film, I understood why they did it, and obviously second viewing, I could now understand why they were doing it and appreciate it a lot more. And so, um, and so I get that, but at first viewing, it felt a little odd, so you can take that how uh, you want to. Um, I love what they did with Zazie Beat's character, um, the kind of partner of Arthur, and kind of what kept him held at first to to reality, if you like, and um, or what seemed like it. Um, I was very, again, kind of a bit like the Thomas Wayne and half-brother with Bruce Wayne timeline. At the middle, it felt a little odd because they weren't building up a character a lot. It just kind of felt like a shoulder to cry on for Arthur and someone to kind of open up his thoughts to. Um, but then, of course, it was revealed that she was actually part just an illusion of his mental trauma and that was a really amazing uh, revelation and that I really like what they did uh, with Zazie Beat's character in that sense again like Thomas Wayne and um, the storyline with his uh, sorry with Penny Fleck um, it felt a bit odd in the middle but um, at the, like I said end of the film which is most importantly I really like what they did with it, so that's good. Um, also, I got to talk about the tension that was built in this film. I Oh my god, about all the time I was just sat on the edge of my seat. Some of the best tension I have ever experienced in a film. Um, even, like, say, the, the second subway scene when the cops were hunting him, you're just on the edge of your seat, and it just built and built and built and built, and there was never a moment just to stop, and like I said, part of that is because of Joaquin Phoenix's character, you never know what Joker's gonna do next, how he's gonna, uh, what he's gonna do, whether he's gonna break, um, or do something bad, or you just, you just never know, and that's what was really good about this film, you just, you're constantly on your seat, and you got to praise that, that's incredible, um, the killings as well, there's a big, um, <laughs> I just said I liked killings, um, there's a big problem in this, or that many people have with this film, and that's because it takes the level of violence, um, and a lot of people have a problem with this film, the level of violence for a comic book film. I don't really get why people have this problem, um, because this is definitely not a extremely gory film. There's, I'd say, one extremely gory scene, and that's when he kills Randall, Arthur. Um, 
and that's pretty much it. Um, there's not much, but people really don't like the say how violent this film is. But I think that's because it takes its violence so seriously. And in some ways, that's actually what I really like about this film. It feels it should feel as a Joker origin story with having a lot of violence in it and it takes its violence so seriously and that's what I what I really like about this film when I was watching the scenes with uh, I don't know Randall or the subway killings you don't exactly see a lot but the tension and what it means for the film and how seriously it's taken it's just like that's what makes it so good and so tense in a way and um because you know you may have a comic book film where they're killing about 30 guys at once but you know there's no blood there's no gore there's nothing and so it just kind of passes by but this film kills probably about not even 10 people but because it's done so in a way like slowly and put so much detail into it that's kind of in some ways what makes it good and um it's what kind of makes this film scary to us and what's make what makes us scared of this main character and that was done really well um and you know it's we can't say that we enjoy this i mean it makes us feel horrid or horrified which is why it is good that doesn't really make <laughs> probably doesn't make much sense me speaking to it but anyway um the comedy as well <laughs> for a extremely dark film the comedy is really well placed um there's lots of kind of comedic moments um one i can think of off the top of my head is when penny flex says don't you have to be funny to be a comedian i felt really sorry for arthur in that moment i have to say um as he just gets destroyed by his mother but um one moment where i didn't think it was actually is outside the hospital and he bangs into the door because it's exit only um that's one that's the only moment where i was like eh, it wasn't that funny um and but that's that's the only moment where I, I thought the comedy was a bit misplaced and i don't know what they were trying to do in that moment maybe it was comedy or maybe it was to show like to the uh the cops that were hunting him down like when he said a clown thing whether it was to do with that um or maybe they were just trying to make comedy i don't know but that just didn't really work for me but again these these are such small things i, I may sound like i'm really picking apart this film and absolutely hating it but this film is amazing and i just i need to pick apart the tiniest things to find some level of of something that's bad in this film because it's amazing um comedy really good in this film um for a very dark film um also the other smaller things that may seem insignificant but actually together they make such a difference to like i said the way the tension's built and um just the whole the whole feeling of like the dark and gruesome aspect of uh this film um first first of all the score uh actually the same person who made the Chernobyl score i really like that score and i love this score um just creating that kind of not kind of in your face soundtrack as kind of like massive like kind of feel things um just kind of with the vid with the the film and just that goes along with it that just kind of builds up that little bit more and just kind of it complements it in a way and that's what i really like about this person um 
I'm not going to butcher her name. It's first name's Hilda. I'm definitely not going to say the second name because, um, yeah, I, I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong. Um, but she does those soundtracks really well. And, um, yeah, big ups to her. Also, the um, the cinematography. I, I cannot get over the cinematography in this film. There are, there are so many shots in this film, which I will come back to a bit later, um, where they're just... They could be a screensaver or a wallpaper on your computer. It's just some of those where you just look at them and they just they just look amazing and doesn't really um like look that um those alone those shots doesn't do much of the film but it just kind of gives you something to talk about um obviously the main cinematography um that works really well and does provide an aspect of emotion to the film at the start of the film the it's very dark. A lot of it's shot at night. Um, it presents Gotham and Arthur's life in a way as this very grim place to be. Um, very horrifying and dark and dreary. But then once he's turned into the Joker, you see he's going down... When he's dancing down the stairs, um, which is an amazing scene. Again, I'll talk about that a bit later. But um, when he's dancing down the stairs and... Um, it's in daytime and there's so much colour, it's very vibrant. The whole place looks a bit brighter and a bit more enjoyable. And I think that's to reflect Arthur's mood in a way. Um, as it's kind of, it gets darker throughout the film. But then when he accepts, it accepts himself for who he is and uh, goes with the Joker path, even though it may seem from us as outsiders as a bad route to go on you notice that it gets brighter you see the the scene in murray Frank franklin's show and it's bright it's vibrant and i think that reflects arthur's mood because for him that is the better option to go in some ways even though we may not see it from the outside and definitely it is the wrong route to go i'm not saying i'm agreeing or rooting for arthur but you you can you can understand why he does it, and I'll get more onto that concept a bit later on. Um, so that's um, that's pretty much it. One thing again that I kind of said a bit earlier about maybe the one thing that may be a bit um, not great with this film, it slows a bit in the middle. Um, obviously, at the start you've got uh, introduction of Arthur and his life, then you get to the subway killings. Uh, the first major plot point in the film. Then it goes off on to uh, introducing, like I said, Zazie Beetz character, um, Sophie Dummond and Thomas Wayne and that plot point. Both of them kind of felt a bit odd at first, so it felt like not much. There was a tiny bit in the film where you kind of feel like not much is really happening. And um, I'd say that's only the real um, bad, bad thought I have about this film. The rest is kind of a bit debatable. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the only real thing. And then obviously it gets onto him discovering about his mother and then it accelerates again, accelerates to the rest of the film and it's amazing. But just that tiny bit in the middle, which, uh, just slows a little and that's it. So, um, so that's pretty much it for my thoughts on the whole film entirely. Um, now what I'm going to do is talk a bit about my favorite quotes and moments
Okay, so I've talked about a kind of overview of the film, some of the characters, uh, all very positive opinions, as you can probably tell. Um, now I'm going to talk about uh, some quotes, some moments which just kind of stick out there and I just really enjoy and just kind of made me just were right on the edge of my seat or I might have turned to my friend in the cinema and just going, oh my God, that was amazing. So that's what we're going to be here. Okay, first moment is probably the subway killings, uh, the first subway killings. This is one of my favourite films, sorry, one of my favourite scenes in the film. Probably, if not, I can think of one other scene which is better than this and I'll mention that a bit uh, literally in a second after I've finished talking about this one. But this is amazing. Everything about this scene was set up perfectly. The lighting, the flashing of the light, when the Wall Street guys are just coming towards him and they're singing that song, Send in the Clown, um, and they're just kind of singing it. And it's this, they've got this really dark and atmosphere and you feel scared. You feel honestly scared. You're in... Arthur's position in a way of the Wall Street guys are coming towards you you're really scared and the tension is building you don't know what's going to happen and you're really just sat on the edge of your seat for all of it and then suddenly the gunshot and Arthur takes his first killings and this came out of nowhere I, I literally went oh my god to the person I was in the cinema I thought I, I shouted it out loud and it it felt a bit embarrassing at first but it it just shows how good this film like builds up and makes us care about it and um that it was amazing the the first killings like i said the shot comes out of nowhere there's no anticipation of a gunshot and it really just makes you jump and almost in a way in a cinema it could kind of be seen as a jump scare but you just you almost can't believe it's done it for this whole start of the film there's been this dark energy and you don't know when it's going to break but then it breaks and it even though it's shocking and the film is scary and it's keeping you on the edge of your seat, in some ways you're you're just you're looking at at it and you're just thinking this is amazing because you're you're seeing this Joker origin story and you can you're finally seeing that aspect of Arthur which you can see the Joker as well and you can this is the first stage where you've actually seen this is where he's transforming and you love to see it because we've never seen this before and. That was really good. Obviously, then he runs away, and um, i got to talk about the bathroom dance as well. This is probably one of the best uses of the score in the film. Um, it just syncs up perfectly with the dancing, and this is such a pivotal moment in the film, and it's, it's really amazing for Arthur's character development, um, because... You feel disgust, but for the first point in the film, you sense that Arthur is enjoying himself, and that's that's a big moment for both us and Arthur, the character, because he realises for the first time in his life what he feels powerful doing. He feels power. He feels like he's on top of everyone instead of just being pushed down by the rich and like he's finally not being oppressed and he's letting out all that anger that he's been building up over the film and um that's just that's just a brilliant moment for everyone to see um and they they shot it so so well um 
and yeah it's gonna it'll probably be stuck around as one of the best moments in that film maybe the best moments of 2019 um but anyway next is um the dancing on the stairs this is the the best moment of the film in my opinion uh this is the one that i said would be the best moment um and it's just it's the first moment i remember watching the trailer and you see at the end of the trailer you see arthur coming down the corridor of the block of flats you see him in his full joker outfit and i just thought this is and it's it's so brilliant watching this in cinemas because this is the moment you've been waiting for throughout the whole film you've been watching it build and slowly creeping towards this moment and finally he is there in his full makeup in his full outfit he turns out as he's going down the elevator to show his makeup and the dancing down the stairs bit this is the this is the bit this is the icing on the cake it really is um as he's dancing down the stairs, you he's finally free, if you like. A lot of YouTube videos on of this dance is called the Dance of Freedom, and you can see why. This is the moment that Arthur is free of the constraints of society, and although it, you realise that this is, it's a bad moment for the other characters in the play, Murray Franklin, obviously. Um, you feel it's it's a good moment for Arthur and I have this theory that it's this scene is represented from two perspectives. At the start the music is very joyful and upbeat and Arthur's dancing, he's doing it all up on the stairs and this is Arthur's perspective. This is what he's feeling at the moment. Um he's excited, he's he's joyous in his in how he's broken from everything he's finally released that anger on Randall up on the up in his flat and this is his perspective that he's finally gotten to this point he finally accepts and likes the way he is doing things even if it's bad for society it feels good for him but then the shot of him dancing and the music slows down it's, the music becomes very dramatic um and this is us looking i believe from the outside this is in some ways realizing what we've created and a big part of this film which i will get into more about later in my behind the screen section um is questioning what role we have in creating the joker and i believe that this darkened tone this slow motion of arthur coming down the stairs is the moment where we realize in some ways what we've created and what we've had an effect in making and what consequences that, that might have on society it's a big moment realizing of how we've influenced this man to become how insane he is and as much as it's exciting, it's also one of the most terrifying moments because you realise how unhinged he is and it's just beautifully shot. It's one of those moments in the film where you just it couldn't have been done any other way and it couldn't and if it was done any other way it couldn't have had any other effect and that's that's brilliant. Um the last moment I want to get into, there's plenty more moments, I've only selected a few, is 
the very ending of the film and um I will talk about this now. Um I'm sure lots of people know that a lot of you you you're not sure of whether this story is true or not, to be honest. Joker or Arthur Fleck, he's finally up as a sort of Christ like figure, looking out to all his followers, if you like, people who accept him for who he is, who've been rioting the streets. Um, but then it cuts to him in an asylum hospital and he says he's thinking of a joke and when the woman says, do you want to tell it to me? He says, you wouldn't get it. That's one of my favourite lines of the film. But um, I'm glad that they finished it on this moment. This is a brilliant note to end on. Um, Just because you realise it questions, in a way, the the narrator of this film and but as well you just love how again the insanity of Arthur in this moment where he says I'm thinking of a joke and it just cuts to the Batman teaser of him and again it's just this dark atmosphere and then it finishes with him going out he's obviously killed this woman or harmed her in some way and he runs out and then the next is kind of leading on the Joker legacy and I just love this as a note to end on and a way to keep guessing the true story because as well it kind of questions Joker's and Arthur's perspective and maybe shows us that we don't even realise how unhinged his mental condition is because he may have just imagined all this up in his mind. Uh, we'll possibly never know. In fact, we'll probably never know. But um, just a great moment. The shot of it, um, of Arthur, and he's just smoking a cigarette. It's, it's amazing and um, definitely one of the best moments of the film. And it just it makes your hair stand on end. And it's brilliant. Um, so they're my three kind of main favourite moments of the film uh, some shots, like I said the cinematography is amazing in this film so some of the shots that I really liked um, at the comedy show when Arthur is standing up in front of the the crowd trying to perform his comedy and he starts laughing and he has this uncontrollable laughter. this is this was one of the f- moments of the film where you honestly feel disgusted and I felt honestly sick in the theatre watching this because this is just again one of those moments where you just have to feel sympathetic for this man and you understand why he has become Joker because he's he's just been put back all his life he's never had the opportunity to show truly who he is the only person who really knows him in this film is again Zazie Beetz character or in his mind she is and his mother and they're the only people who've really understand him and it it just makes you feel sympathetic and it's brilliant um and in some ways as well the cinematography really shows Arthur's condition and situation up on there, the lighting of the film is very uh, bright and 
crude in a way and um it just kind of makes us feel like under pressure like arthur so some other really good shots i can think of at the moment um bloody arthur uh when he is when he just kills randall and he just sits down and he's got just blood all over his white blank face um and when he's walking away from the subway after he's after obviously the rioters or the protesters have killed the two policemen that were following him just subtle things like that just really make you terrified of the joker character and does such a good job and um one uh final shot which i really want to focus on is my favorite shot probably in the entire film is when joker's about to go on stage and he's he's backstage he's waiting to come on and he's you can just see him smoking and just staring and the reason I absolutely love this shot is because you can see this anger in his eyes and as Murray is saying all these horrible things about him you know that he's got a lot of problems and things like that you just see an anger that and you just feel terrified that he's about to do something a bit like when he was getting beaten up on the subway for the first time you just see him getting angry and you can just sense that something is going to happen that he's going to do something dangerous that he's going to he's going to lash out and that's such an effective shot um and i love it it's absolutely incredible and it does really well to build up to the final act which is of course where he kills murray um some of my favourite quotes, um, obviously smile and put on a happy face, the quote that I mentioned in the very beginning of this podcast in my intro, that's just ironic and horrific in many ways. Um, also, another quote that I really liked is, obviously it's an effing comedy, that was a really great, great quote, uh, again, ironic and just horrific to think that something that on its own would be comedic and meant to be funny but just put in this atmosphere just kind of creates a sick feeling um especially as he's killing his mother that's just that does such a good job i mean obviously i don't support him killing his mother but creates great tension for the film but anyway and then final one i want to talk about is when he was is a with his therapist and he says for my whole life I thought that people never really noticed me but I do and this when he says but I do that's brilliant because you see for Arthur for the first time in his life he's getting noticed by people he's in the newspaper you see people wearing clown masks after what he did and he realizes that maybe even he makes himself realize that he actually likes the killings that he did because people are starting to recognize him and for who he is and that's just i think a great moment for us to realize it and also for the character himself as arthur to realize it that he actually may enjoy this lifestyle despite its madness and insanity and that was really good so anyway um now i'm going to move on to my behind the screen section so i'm going to talk about some of the things that went into this 
film that affected it and yeah just some stuff like that um i may have said earlier in the podcast that i may save some things for later this is probably in this section so we'll be talking about say todd phillips and his uh attitude on and the messages towards comedy uh and modern day comedy in this film also talking about um incel violence that apparently this film promoted um i have a view on that but um so yeah i just want to get that out mental health obviously there's a big part of mental health in this film um i will go into these more detail but uh yeah we'll be talking about mental health and also um what role do we have in creating the Joker and should we actually root for the Joker? There was a big problem of um, why why should we root for the Joker as he is the main person in this film. There's not a Batman or a superhero to um, that you would aspire to maybe. It's just him. It's just a character study. So we'll get into that. But anyway, first of all, I want to talk about Todd Phillips and... There's a lot of um, people wondering why Todd Phillips moved away from comedy. Obviously, I think in general, most of his better films have been comedy. I'm not sure about every single film, but um, yeah, they've definitely been comedies. But then he comes out and makes this film and Todd Phillips allegedly moved away from comedy because they were being ruined by woke culture um, and... We know there's a big message of comedy in this film um, when especially I think the biggest time to notice it in the film is when Joker, he tells that dark joke about someone's son being hit by a drunk driver. It's not much on itself but then Murray says to him, that's not the kind of humour we do on this this show, that's not funny. Um... So that's the main, I guess, area which, to me, it really stood out as as kind of it was trying to tell me something. Uh, so Todd Phillips allegedly moved away from comedy and it apparently he said in the media that go try to be funny nowadays with this woke culture. So Todd Phillips apparently went away from comedy as it's getting increasingly harder to write. Um because they don't work anymore and so many people take offence and the Murray Franklin show is I believe the woke culture in this film it's what represents woke culture in the film because um, as it says it puts itself out to the rest of the world as this kind of higher at a higher level of morality in some ways and um so it puts itself out to be better than pretty much everyone else in terms of what their views are um but deep down it still has that toxicity because it says it doesn't murray says that they don't allow dark humor on the show even before joker goes on to the stage he says no swearing no dark humor and just things like that but the whole reason that Arthur is on the show is because they can make fun of him and so that's the kind of gist of it and I in my view personally um I th- 
I kind of agree with it, but don't agree with it because I get that comedies were probably hard to write anyway without people taking offence to it. It's probably easier to write comedy probably back 30 years ago when there wasn't so much concern for people taking offence. But at the same time, it's better nowadays because people are a lot more concerned about um, taking offence and those people have more of a voice to... uh, and to voice their concerns towards certain comedies and how it may actually be really hurting people. So I do get that as well. Um, so yeah, some, sometimes it's sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. But um, I, I can understand Todd Phillips's viewpoint, and that's that's why he moved away from comedy because I guess it's being increasingly harder to write. Um, so anyway. Move on to the next thing. Um, incel violence at the film. So, media blew up about this pretty much. Um, obviously, there a media... In my opinion, you shouldn't trust a media outlet. Dep- I mean, depends on the story, but... Media will try and search for any story. It was even a plot line in the film. The media turned just joker turning killing three guys on the subway as to some poor rising up against the rich mega story even though it wasn't even when joker goes on to the murray franklin show he says he's not he doesn't believe in anything he's no got no political statement and it wasn't in the end it or sorry in the beginning he wasn't searching for any uh to rid of oppression for everyone in gotham city at the start it was just killing those three guys because they were beating him up but the media um pretty much blew that out of proportion and that is something that i believe happened outside but anyway many reports say that joker had encouraged incel violence or saw the film as a sort of rally cry in a way um I actually didn't know what incels were before I watched this film. Then I had to look it up as I was watching other reviews and more. I saw more news reports about this. Uh, incel is a culture of men who haven't found a wife or girlfriend, and lots of incel violence is about blaming women for not going out with them. I I, I think that's the definition. I I, I do not know to be honest. I, I don't really care, but um, I mean, I I get that USA has got that incel violence and i think it's more common in the usa so i can maybe understand if people are searching for a way to um for maybe finding a source of stopping this incel violence i mean maybe maybe it did hype hyping it up the the actual film but i still don't think it's right to go after the film in this perspective i mean obviously i can't imagine todd phillips had any intention of going off of making this film because he wanted to encourage incel violence i think it's unfair on the film you shouldn't blame the film you should blame the actual people and the incels that commit this violence you shouldn't blame the film because all the film is trying to do is be unique and create an entertaining film about the Joker, a DC villain that we all love. It's not trying to heighten, heighten incel violence. That's not the point. You shouldn't... That wasn't the purpose of the film, and you shouldn't blame the film for trying to be unique. Um, 
I mean, that's all I wanted to say. There's a, so much more information and backstory behind it. I I just think, again, it's the media trying to he- he- heighten everything up and maybe jump to conclusions. But um, I don't think it's at all that. Obviously, I don't think the film encouraged incel violence. I just, I just think that's wrong. Um, and also, so these two next ones I'm going to talk about, they're kind of uh, similar. Um, in what I have as an opinion on them. So there's a big message about mental health in this film. Obviously, mental health is one of the big problems that Joker has in the film and the unacceptance of mental health in, in the world of Gotham in the film is one of the big problems uh, that causes Joker to go on... Um, that downward spiral and I think as well a lot of people had a problem with this in the film um, is because it represented just as well some of the problems that are in our society this this film isn't just for us DC fans that want to see a good joke movie it has a lot of messages about our society I've obviously well this is why I've made this section um, and that's why I think a lot of people didn't like it so um, we'll get right into it. Uh, so, first of all, Arthur's mental problem. In the real world, it's known as the pseudobulbar effect. I hope I haven't butchered that name. It's not actually mental health, um, but it, it's a, it was a really interesting way to create the Joker. Like, we've never seen anything like this. People have never questioned to think how... Does the Joker actually have the iconic laugh that everyone knows him for? Um, and this laugh obviously links to his mental health, which causes the many problems in the film that we see. Um, and for most of our views on mental health problems, we don't... A lot of us kind of... It's hard to talk about because it's it's difficult to say that people brush over, over mental health because much of us or much of our society, it's not that we don't care about mental health, it's that maybe we don't know how to, and a lot of the, uh, our views are represented, I think, um, by the man who, when Joker goes into Arkham Hospital, he's, um, he's greeted by this guy who just files paperwork, and I think this is probably the guy who most clearly represents the majority of people on mental health, um, it's not that we don't care, it's just that we don't know how to help him or we have our own problems to worry about and we don't have maybe time to worry about anyone else or at least we feel we do. Um, and in some ways that is okay, but if this happens multiple times in a society, as we've seen in Joker, this is what starts the problem or this is what creates the bigger problem because We've gone through so many people who could have maybe helped the paperwork guy, the government, the mentor, sorry, the uh, the therapist at the beginning who was giving him his medication. But all these people let him down and all these people could have helped in some way, but they didn't. And that's what starts to make society fall apart. Um, it was meant to be the therapist, that person who got him well and the government failed him as well um whether there's a message on the government and they're not helping 
of um effectively of mental health um people with mental health i don't know if that's what they were focusing on but um i think the real message of mental health in this film is that it doesn't just affect the individual and that's actually clearly stated in the literally the very first few seconds of the film when joker is uh or when arthur's painting on his makeup to go out and spin the sign in gotham city the radio's on and it says um it it affects almost everyone and it's not just the only person that have has it that can affect it and obviously this film is probably one of the biggest examples of what could happen in the future if mental health isn't taken care of and given effective help in a way um and that kind of links very well to my next point which is what role do we have in creating the joker normally in a film with the joker in like the dark knight uh suicide squad although i'm not going to talk about the film because that's just bad overall but when we have a Batman person in it that seems to be the good, we kind of mainly focus on that character and we just see Joker as some opposition to the good. But we don't have that in this film. We don't have a Batman. So we're left to just focus on the Joker. And that kind of... Because we know now of the origin of the Joker, it makes us ask some tough questions about what... How did this person come about? And it also makes us take a look at ourselves at what role we may have had in creating the Joker or not preventing him from getting to this point or in the downward spiral. Um, and I, I do totally get this. It's a lot like mental health. There could have been many people that could have helped him along the way. Um, it's just that... In the film, obviously, a lot of people expect the higher class and the lower class to stay in their place. Um, and unfortunately, this is the case for many nations. There's the lower class and then the rich people that, if you like, rule. Um, and they just expect the lower class to stay in their place. But this is not what happens in this film. And like I said, in mental health, it's only so far you can get before society starts to fall apart. And this is a portrayal of what happens if it goes too far. Even Joker says at the end of the film on the Murray Franklin show, they don't expect us to go werewolf and go wild, but it happens if society, if not steps aren't taken to resolve the problem of the higher and lower class and the mental health. If these problems aren't solved then society begins to fall apart as i've said it it doesn't work and this is a scenario where the lower class happens to rise above the rich and i totally get that i totally get that message because for both mental health and for class um the views on class in this film it doesn't just give us a reason it gives us a better reason to care about maybe mental health maybe if you thought that mental health when caring about it is just caring about others and you may want to think about your own problems i mean i get that i, I still think that is a you shouldn't just have that attitude towards mental health you should obviously care about others as you would yourself um 
that's not the point. But it also says what how it could hit back on society and how there could be repercussions. Um, so yeah, I think that's um, I think that's a big message, and it definitely has something to say about our society and the way classes and mental health work. And they're both um, they're both very similar points in which um, it's got these problems have got to be resolved, and a good society is one where these problems are resolved and they don't go out and live long enough to grow like they do in this film in Gotham such a corrupt city in a way so and the final point I want to make is should we root for the Joker lots of media outlets talked about this again without a Batman figure in the film it's just Joker to see how his portrayal goes and to study this character and lots of media outlets I think in some ways mistake mistake were mistaken um, that the film was wanting us to root for the Joker and get behind him in his message um, and that Joker is portrayed as a hero in some ways um, I think this is just taken the completely wrong way in my opinion um, we're definitely not being asked to root for him. That's just not what's happened. We just we just need to understand him. Again, Joker says in the Murray Franklin show, lots of stuff is revealed there, by the way, of the messages of the film. It's just saying no one ever thinks what it's like to be the other guy. And this is just a film on thinking what it's like to be the other guy. If whatever class you're from, it's just trying to get you to sympathize for someone other than yourself and you're trying to understand his problems and then also take a second look at maybe the consequences that this could cause if we let someone down like that and multiple times we keep letting that person down um and this just happens to be a portrayal of what happens when those consequences come back to bite the person who let him so that's all this film is we're definitely not rooting for the joker um definitely not wanting to see him as a hero or aspire to be like him definitely not not a chance um because we still that's why there is still an element of fear to this character we we are afraid of him we don't want to become him There's, it's not full sympathy as i said walking phoenix does a great job of um not only making us sympathise for the character, but also making us afraid of him. And we get that perfect balance in the film of sympathising and being terrified of him to the point where we're not rooting for him, but at the same time we can understand just um, his story and why he may have got to this point. Um, so we're definitely not rooting for him as a hero, and um, but I totally understand where the film was going with... Uh, this kind of storyline and what it wanted to get out of us um, and it hit it right on the head right there whether it was the work of Todd Phillips or Joaquin Phoenix or probably a group of lots of writers but they did it really really well um, and the final point I want to make is a Joker sequel um, obviously from this film there's been so much appreciation for it like i said it's the highest grossing 15 rated film 
of all time, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, people were clearly wanting to see a Joker 2. Um, and I can see what this is, obviously. They want the story to continue. We want to see more of what this character does and how he progresses um, and how the other characters progress. But, I... I want to give my opinion on this, and I do not think this is a good idea to do a Joker 2, because I believe this will ruin the story, and let me explain, because people listening now, they're probably wondering what, you don't want to see a Joker 2, and you're right, I probably do want to see, um, I, I, of course I want to see more of what this character does, that's why the film does a great job of, of making us care about this character is because we want to see more we want to see how his character changes but i believe making a joker 2 may ruin the actual film as a whole for joker 1 um and here's why so joker's the big plot point in joker was that the narrator which is arthur he cannot be trusted in giving a clear narration because of his mental health. We already see that his mind plays tricks on him in a way of the barriers between reality and uh, virtual. We already see that in what um, his girlfriend or partner, Zazie Beetz's character, um, they... We obviously thought for a large part of the movie that she was real. She was a shoulder to cry on for Arthur. But then it, we realised that it was a whole thing that Arthur made up. And at the end, a massive point in the film was that the whole film may have been a complete virtual dream in a way from Arthur as he, we see him at the end in the mental hospital. So... This keeps us guessing as to whether the story is real or not. And I believe that a sequel will have to be so perfectly made that it keeps all of this in place, this kind of guessing of what's real and what not. And it would, it must be, I reckon it would be so difficult to make to kind of keep that barrier because I think overall Joker was made as an individual film, an individual character study. It wasn't meant to be a massive trilogy that goes off and spirals into the DC universe and things like that. It was only meant to be a character study. So to incorporate a sequel or maybe even a trilogy into it is going to be it's going to be very difficult to make and would have to be made so perfectly. Um, but because of obviously there is no perfect film, I think it will definitely make the first film worse and ruin it because if for example in the second joker um in the second joker film that uh we find out that the story is real there's some plot element that we see that the story is completely real there's no virtuality sure arthur was making up things in his head but the actual storyline of joker going wild and killing people that was all real then it will ruin that element of Joker 1 because we now know we don't need to care about the narration or we don't have this big plot point or talking point of whether the film was real or not. We know it now and we don't really care about that as a part.
part of the film. And one of the big parts of the film, which we really liked, is that it kept us guessing. But if it reveals that in Joker 2, then people coming into this new and watching Joker 1 and 2 at the same time, then it's going to kind of ruin it for them. And so that's why um, it's definitely it would definitely be difficult. And also another part as well is that Joker's character arc of being of wanting us to make us feel sympathetic but also have this darkness within the I've talked about so much in this podcast that balance may be ruined a bit so it really depends who the director is and how well they tackle this film but I just worry that um that any sequel or extra part onto this story may have the chance of ruining this film it's a bit like just saying that this film is absolutely amazing and you don't want to do anything else to harm it in a way that's that is my thoughts and that's why personally I don't want to there to be a Joker 2 um I mean yes I can understand why people want it because they obviously want to see the character and if it's done in the right way if it's done by Todd Phillips or another great director and he knows the direction the story should be in and he maintains those great things that we absolutely love about the original film then sure I'll be perfectly happy to it and I'll perfectly be happy to see what this character does next but I think that it'll be very difficult to do this and that is uh, why I don't want this sequel. Okay but anyway we have reached the final point in the podcast where I'm going to give it my rating um, and I've got to give it a 9.5 out of 10. I feel like anything below that will be... um, will be harsh to the film um it's it's such an amazing film if i haven't expressed in this podcast already it's deep it's brutal it's gory it's has an amazing score it's beautiful yet disgusting the cinematography and alongside of it it has some very deep messages that question our society and how it functions and to get that all in a film is that takes some doing so that's brilliant so thank you very much for listening to the first episode of the opening night podcast we've come to the end now and um i've thoroughly enjoyed making this first episode um it's just been brilliant getting my thoughts out on uh some of the uh the aspects of the film and as i said love this film brilliant 9.5 out of 10 so um brilliant to talk about it and cannot wait to do some more uh you can check out more of my podcasts uh by going to the opening night podcast and subscribing if said films are out yet obviously like i said this is the first episode so if you're watching this recently or sorry if you're listening to this recently then uh they probably won't be out yet but uh i very much doubt that because i haven't exactly got a massive fan base yet and i don't expect to but anyway um and also you can subscribe as i said to be notified about new podcasts if they come out uh also i'll be trying to open up some sort of channel so you guys can give me feedback maybe recommend some film ideas or tell me other sections that i can add or just anything really just for some feedback um but anyway that's it until next time i've been your host callum thank you so much for listening